0: I hadn't seen him since graduation, and I remember telling my roommate, do you remember that weird guy Derek he's going to come visit? He was a theater major, and so he was a little eccentric. He came up to San Francisco for the weekend, and I just, I had the best time. He gave me a piggyback ride, and he made me laugh all the time. I was starting to really, really fall for him. But he lived in New York, and I lived in San Francisco.
1: I left my heart in San
0: Francisco. I don't remember how it came up, but I hadn't known about his heart condition. Apparently, he had his first heart attack our sophomore year. They didn't really know what to make of it because most 20-year-olds don't have heart attacks. They did a bunch of tests, and they couldn't figure out why it had happened. And so he kept having heart attacks. So he was telling me all about this, and it was very surreal. We started talking on the phone all the time. I just couldn't get this guy out of my head. So I decided to fly out to New York for Valentine's Day, spend a long weekend out there. He had told me that he had a surprise for me that had something to do with me flying out. He said, call me when you get to the airport. So I called him and he said, well, when you get through security, go to your right and go sit down at the bar. And so I did and he was sitting there and he had flown out from New York just to fly back with me because I am such a nervous flyer, and he wanted to hold my hand. He went all out. Took me out to an amazing restaurant. We went to this jazz club called Birdland, which was really, really strange because I had always said that my dream date was going to a jazz club. And I was pretty much butt crazy in love with him by that point. I was there for three days, and I got back on the plane to go back to San Francisco, and by the time I landed, I had made the decision to move to New York. It was my last night in San Francisco, and I was eating dinner with a couple of friends and my mom, and my phone rang, and I saw it was Derek. Sorry, <laughs> this was really hard. Uh, it's okay. He was in the ambulance, and he had had a heart attack. And he asked me to call his dad to let him know what was going on. So I flew out the next day, and I saw him. He had four IVs, two in each arm. I'm deathly, deathly afraid of needles. I went to go give him a hug, and I could, just, I could feel the IVs on my back. He had a troponin level of 117, and troponin is a biomarker, and it, it basically indicates levels of cardiac damage. Anything over 10 is considered life-threatening, and him having a troponin level of 117 was terrifying. After about 48 hours, the doctor came in, and they said, we don't know what's wrong with you. We have to send you home, and send him home with ibuprofen. To me, just was absolutely just (laughs) absurd. After that, he kept having really, really bad chest pain. Um, on an almost daily basis, to the point where a lot of times he couldn't get off the couch, we just had to hold his hand while he was just in so much pain and it was really really hard to see the person that I loved be in that much pain and not be able to do anything. Derek had given up hope. I kinda just started this journey with him and he was at his mind I think at the end. You know pretty much any day could have been his last day but it, it never even occurred to me to not move to new york or not stay or not love him because i just didn't know how to not do that and so i was gonna fight tooth and nail doctors and nurses and the whole medical profession i didn't care i had met this amazing person that made me feel so happy i i couldn't accept that that wasn't my forever so I spent a lot of time reading medical journals. I would type in his symptoms online and I would read anything and everything that I could come across. And I'd have a medical journal in one window and then I'd have a medical dictionary in another window because I didn't understand about 90% of what I was reading. I would drag him to doctor's appointments. I would force him to read the things that I had found. And I started contacting doctors, And actually the doctor that wrote me back was Dr. Bernard Meisch in Germany. He uh, had done a lot of research on a virus called Parvo B19. And so he suggested that we get him tested for this Parvo. And they did a biopsy of his heart. We got a phone call from his doctor saying, well, you have Parvo. That's the good news. We have a diagnosis. The bad news is, is there's no treatment. So. I once again decided that that was unacceptable. So I went back to the doctor in Germany and he said, While well, I've been doing this experimental treatment with some patients here in Germany. Because about 50% of the population gets exposed to this virus, they build up immunity to it. And so the idea was that if you could get the antibodies into his blood, that his body would start fighting this virus. So it was actually supposed to be a one-day treatment, but they ended up having to do it for over three or four days. Derek's fever went up to 104 because his body was really trying to fight this infusion. It was, you know, it was one of those things where they basically told us that we wouldn't know if it worked until he didn't have another heart attack. It was, it really turned into a wait-and-see game. So we got engaged. I remember my mom at one point asking me what happens if he doesn't make it to the wedding. And I said, I don't know, it doesn't matter. So we started planning our wedding and he kept going in for blood tests and we started seeing the troponin level dropping. And I started thinking, what if it had actually worked?
1: Um, It took about, I'd say five to six months afterwards Hold on a second. My wife is shaking her head. No. This is my side of the story, (laughs) not your side of the story. You already gave your side of the story. Okay,
0: but you're just wrong, but that's fine.
1: All right. Five to six months in, I kind of lapsed on taking my Vicodin. I probably shouldn't have, but I did, and the pain didn't come back. I still didn't believe it. It's too hard. It's too hard to get my hopes up and I was just waiting for it to come back, almost like the worst old friend. But I'm okay. I haven't had a heart attack in over two years now. I run five to eight miles a day. I can make plans for the future now, and I couldn't before. I have pain sometimes, but the pain now is my heart repairing itself. It was hard to thank her because I had to admit that it wasn't going to come back. And I had to kind of let go of that fear because she had worked so hard. Here we go. Um, Emma, I just wanted to say thank you. You pushed when I couldn't. Had the strength when I didn't have it. I'm okay now. And it's because of you. So, thank you. I love you. You're my funny face.
0: You don't have to say thank you because I get you. That is my thanks. And the future I have with you is my thank you. And the children I'm going to have with you is my thank you. And I didn't have any other choice because I love you. And you can stop crying now. (laughs) It's okay.